The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? Coming to you every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network. I am your host, Andrew Lenz, and before we get into the show, let's hear a word from our sponsor. It's some time in the future. The ultimate challenge. Crossfire. And there it is, Crossfire. Thank you, Crossfire, for being our sponsor. And today, I have a returning guest, and this is Mr. Trevor Franklin from, uh, where are we going with, Retrobliss? Trying to think of all of them. Might have to help me out. Cardboard. Yeah, Cardboard Cave. Cardboard Cave. The, uh, Which, I guess is relevant to this episode, maybe. Yes. <laughs> And, and uh the one nobody cares about um shoot i can't remember the name of it uh block set review i do lego <laughs> set podcast reviews so and the reason why he said cardboard cave is relevant for day because we are talking about classic board games that we grew up with so and i figured you'd be the best guest for this one Best is a strong word, but um, I'm glad to talk board games anytime. <laughs> I'm slightly slightly obsessed about them. And I, before we get into anything else, I noticed that board games are kind of for children wise was a pretty big deal when I was growing up because it was the cheaper alternative video games. But now, <laughs> I I go into Walmart because there's no more Toys R Us. R.I.P. And there's not that many fun children board games. Everything's a monopoly now. Like, yeah. Yeah, the I, I don't want to get too deep into the, to the other side of it right now, but you're right. It's board gaming has seen a an explosion, a renaissance. It's it's not what some people remember from their childhoods. Um, it's a pretty cool place to be if you're like deep into it. But yeah, if you just go to your Walmart and you're looking for a game for your kids, it's kind of sad because they kind of, it's, it seems like at first glance, they stopped making new kids games and now it's just another Monopoly, another something you've already played. Um, if you dig a little deeper, it's it's a pretty amazing world right now. But uh, it's, yeah, it's not like when we were growing up and and everybody played, you know, the same few games and they were huge. It was like having a new video game. It, it really was. I remember, I remember getting board games for Christmas and it would be, yeah, it would be something different or it wasn't so much. I mean, my dad played video games, but my mom never played video games with us, but she played board games and they both played board games with us. And it was always, it was always a new, exciting board game. I remember I showed you a picture of it from the last time we talked. It was a Return of the Jedi game, and you're on the sand barge. And yeah, that's awesome. You're just picking cards, 
And if you defeat the enemy, you knock them off of it and it goes to the Skylack pit. You, there's none of that. There's none of that today. But like you said, if you, I notice going into certain other short stores like hobby stores and stuff like that, there is a, there are those games, but they're not really for kids. They're a little bit more in depth where, like my kids are uh, nine and 11 that actually sit down and play board games. And I just don't think they would have the attention span to sit there and be able to like get in depth into it and wait and do everything else like that. Yeah. If I can go on a, a rant for a second, it's no problem. It, it does kind of, it makes me sad because like at some point, you know, when we were growing up, you know, if they wanted if star wars was a big movie there would be a star wars board game and it might not be the greatest game in the world now but at the time it was usually pretty good quality and, and a cool game um but now it's it's like at some point the and i blame hasbro because hasbro is absolutely massive you know they own monopoly and just everything everything and it's like they stopped respecting kids at some point and so like every game was about literal poop i mean there's like eight nice. games out right now about poop but you know poop's funny but come on kids can do better than that <laughs> or getting hit in the face with pies which you know not that that's not fun but like kids can do a little more than that but like your hasbro and i don't even think milton bradley's still around i'm actually not 100 percent certain they're, they're owned by hasbro that's right yeah it's just hasbro now bradley and barbara <laughs> colors is like, hasbro is hasbro is like the disney of the toy world we're just gonna and so, buy everything I, I love board games and you know, if it gets into this, I can make some recommendations probably your kids might love, but you're probably not seeing them just walking into your average store. Like you would have back in the day, you're seeing pie face and, and catch the poop and <laughs> 18 yeah. versions of monopoly. You know, you're not seeing the really cool stuff. You have to dig deeper for it. And it's, I don't know. I think that's changing. I hope it is, but it's going to take companies like Hasbro to, to start respecting kids again, I think to, to really help that out. Or what's, it's not really even a board game. I notice a lot of things is based on cards. Like there's yeah, apples, yeah. like apples to apples. That's a fun game, but it's not really a board game, but it's in the board game section. Like there's no, right. board, there's no actual. These, yeah, these party type games, I guess. Yeah. They sell and cards against humanity, you know, nothing against it, but it's not really a game, at least not. I mean, not to sound like a snob, but those are the things that sell. And so that's what you see in the store. Um, you will see some something cooler pop up occasionally, but it's, I mean, you can't blame them, I guess. You know, Hasbro's going to sell what sells, but they kind of hold the keys to, to board gaming. And it would be nice if, hey, why don't somebody make a new Monopoly, you know, like the next Monopoly? Like, um, you know, there are other smaller companies doing that. Mm -hmm. making brand new experiences but hasbro can make you know the next quote-unquote monopoly but something new that's not a monopoly you know something that is going to stand up as an actual board game you know 20 years from now but um yeah i don't know i mean maybe it's rose-colored glasses but um i kind of feel like now it's divided into two worlds there's the the hobby board gaming world which i kind of live in and have a a library of uh, <laughs> I almost don't want to say, but something like 600 board oh, games. Wow. Yeah, it's it's usually a shock 
actually, I just had somebody over uh, this weekend. We had a friend from out of state, and I forgot that they had not been down to the basement before. Um, and they're like in shock, like, holy cow. Like, they hadn't seen my walls of board games. I forgot <laughs> they hadn't seen it before. But you got that, you know, people that are obsessive like me and my collection, as insane as it is to most people who are not weird and you're just normal people, you know. Mm-hmm. But my collection is nothing compared to some people. I mean, this is a, a huge hobby. There's thousands of games released every year. But that's almost totally separate from what you're talking about, you know, just walking in the store like we did when we were kids and picking out a cool new game based on Ninja Turtles or Star Wars or, you know, just – I mean, at one point, Connect Four was a new game. It's not something people had seen before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like it's kind of divided into two worlds now. And I hope that the games that our kids get to see when they walk into the store will start to be, I don't know, something to be excited about again. Non-poop related. I do have yeah. some. I do have some games. Uh, I've found. Uh, what is this? Mission Mission Command. It's a it's a C game. It's a plane game, and it's kind of it's strategy. It's not yeah. Depth. I but once again I found that at a thrift store. I didn't did not yeah. find new. I did not find that new. Um, what else did we? There the only other one that I can recommend that I actually found in a store that's pretty awesome for like kids my age is Five Minute Dungeon, where it's like a very quick version of dungeons and dragons to put it best yeah i don't know if you've ever played that or seen that i've not played it but that uh that game is sort of in the i don't know what else to call it i call them hobby games it's sort of in the that i'm talking about that's an example of a game that's kind of uh got mass appeal and so you might find it at walmart or something but did you say you actually played it yeah i I, we've actually played it we've gotten pretty far games have gotten pretty intense <laughs> it's slamming cards on tables and white my wife coming out of <laughs> out of her room or <laughs> yelling from the living room to quiet down that it's just a game but <laughs> it's, that's the kind of game that uh yeah i mean that's that's really normal in the the hobby gaming world but but that's the kind of game i hope walmart starts getting more because i mean you're probably having more fun with it than you are with apples to apples or you know catch the poop or whatever <laughs> yeah that but it just like i walk down the i walk down the aisle all the time my kids play a lot of video games we talk about this uh a lot of like Fortnite and things like that but it's not i don't know i think there's better ways to use their time and get them to think get them to think a little bit and so i'm always looking yeah. for i'm always looking for a board game but then again I just see the constantly the same things over and over again, or they're trivia games and nobody in my house will play me play a trivia game against me because I just pretty much demolish people <laughs> when, when I do it. As my wife calls me, I am just filled with useless knowledge. On <laughs> just random things in life. I cannot remember my children's birthdays half of the times, but <laughs> I can remember that Eric Stoltz was supposed to be Marty McFly in Back to the Future and stuff, and stuff of that nature. What, the, what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. 
No, I was just saying it's funny how memory works that way. It's it's it takes something odd, I think, to stick in your mind, you know. But so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's all it's always been like that for me. Like I couldn't remember in school, I could not remember like simple well not simple things, but like certain dates, like in history and stuff like that. But yet I could tell you the starting pitching rotation for about every major league team. I don't know why my brain was like, you need to know that over actually knowing stuff for school. So I always have a weird brain like that. But to get into the question, what got you into into your massive board gaming collection and I, in a nice way, obsession? And what <laughs> games did you play as a kid? Well, I mean, I mean, as a kid, I can answer that part pretty easy because my childhood was not different from anybody else's we didn't we didn't have a lot of money growing up so we did tend to get things secondhand um but i probably played all the same games that most people did we did play monopoly junior which um i realized as an adult that monopoly junior has no decisions whatsoever so therefore it's not really even a game in my opinion <laughs> it's, it's it's a but we loved it just moving around with the cars and collecting money we had a little cheap rose art you know, that crappy uh, crayon <laughs> manufacturer. Yes. But they made a Ninja Turtles board game, which was, I think it was literally like a $4 game, but we loved that thing. You just flick the spinner and you move to whatever color it says and you pick up the pizza. It was basically a glorified Candyland. And, like, you know, of course, we played stuff like Candyland, Uno, Aggravation. Um, probably the coolest game I ever owned as a kid was a game called Tornado Rex. You ever heard of that? Yes. Uh, I watched oh. I watched this series. The Angry Video Game Nerd, James Rolls, did uh, like for one season. Oh. I don't know if you saw it. It's called Board James. Oh, I need to check that out because uh, I think I accidentally caught one randomly. I didn't realize it was a whole series though. Yeah, it's a it's a whole series and it's and he has it on there. He does like a little skip behind behind each one i would not recommend if your child is around <laughs> no okay. no avgn is something i shouldn't like but i really do he's the one person in like the retro gaming world for me that gets away with being really crass because he sort of was the original one to do it i think yeah but anyways yeah tornado rex was just awesome yeah it's this plastic 3d mountain that you put together and you're just moving up the mountain you know you're drawing cards to see how far you get to move it's not a lot of strategy but there's little holes you can duck into. You put your little plastic figure into, and they're pretty safe there. But if somebody draws a Tornado Rex card, it's basically a top at the top of the mountain that you wrote, you spin it and click it in place. When somebody draws a Tornado Rex card, it's the best part of the game. You click the button, and Tornado Rex spins all the way down the mountain, and he can knock some figures six feet across the room when he hits them. Sometimes he might just knock you over. He might even knock you up the mountain if you're really lucky. If he knocks you totally off the mountain, you had to go back to it was a base camp or something. It was just a great game. We we loved that game. Um, we had a game called Splat where you were making bugs out of Play-Doh. And <laughs> whenever, you, whenever somebody drew a Splat card, they actually smashed your bug, which was Play-Doh. But nothing else really unusual as a kid. But what got me um, sort of just searching for something else this would have been i don't know it was probably 
almost 20 years ago. So I would have been like 17. And we went over to my grandma's house every single Sunday at this point. And it was me and my brother and my cousin, who's a little younger than me, about my brother's age. And we would play board games. We would get bored over there because we were, you know, kind of nerdy kids. We didn't go out and party or anything. We just liked hanging out. But we kind of got, you know, starting to get into teenage years. We're getting too old to play, you know, outdoor games like tag and stuff. So we're like looking through the board games. And my grandma had like bits and pieces of games. Um, like, I think that's where we played that splat game. But we just kind of got bored of everything. And I'm like, well, surely they've made new board games. Like all these games we're playing are almost 20 years old or older. Surely they made new games. And, and I just, at the time for me, you know, getting online, I don't even know if Amazon was a thing then. It might've been just starting out or it probably was. I mean, Amazon's been around a while. Cause I know at some point I got on Amazon and I found some games I hadn't heard of. And one thing led to another, and I ended up on this website, uh, boardgamegeek.com, which is like the biggest, it's like a, it's like imdb.com, you know, for movies. It's uh, just a database of almost literally every board game that's ever been made. Um, and it just blew my mind. I'm like, how can there be this many games I've never heard of, like, coming out now? And uh, so it kind of opened my eyes to this world. I got excited about several games. Um, and I ended up placing my first board game order <laughs> and I became a special kind of nerd that day, I guess, because I placed a order of several board games on a website that just sold board games. Uh, I think time well spent was what it was called. And, and that first board game order, I think I have the receipt floating around somewhere, but it was almost 20 years ago. Um, I know there was a game called Citadels. There was one called uh, Carcassonne, which you might actually find that like at Target or Walmart. It's still around. Um, Bonanza, which is a bean farming game. <laughs> I was going to say, is that based on the TV show? It's not. It's B-O-H-N, Bonanza. Oh. And apparently bone means bean. I, I think it might be German. And I don't know how I came across this game, but we wore that thing out. It was a card game. And uh, you, the trick of it was... It had these goofy cartoons of beans. Like the red bean is like naked, so he's embarrassed. The green bean is vomiting. It's it wasn't actually very politically correct. Like some of the beans had like a, he had wet liquor and he was vomiting. But it was a family game otherwise. But the trick was you can't rearrange your hand. And so like you might have a green bean at the front of your hand, but you want to you want to play the red bean because you're like planting a garden basically. And so you got to trade, and it becomes very just loud and back and forth. I'll trade your red bean for two green beans and and just you're yelling across the table, that kind of thing. And I think that might be the game that kind of showed me because there was some real strategy to it. I'm not gonna go into it and make your show too long, but no, I don't. There was fine. there was some real strategy to it. And like, okay, this is not Uno or Skipbo or Phase 10. Nothing against those games. Those are the card games I played, or Rummy. Um like there was actual thought involved, but it was still fun. And I'm interacting with other people at the table, you know. Uh, I guess it reminded me a little bit of that game Pit, which you know most people played. That's a classic, um, but it had more strategy than Pit. It wasn't as kind of crazy and over the top. Um, and I guess sort of the game that kind of put the nail in the coffin, kind of wrote the book. It's called Ticket to Ride, kind of like the Beatles song, but 
it's a game where you're playing trains out on a map of the United States and it's simple, but it's got strategy and it's just a great family game. And to me, Ticket to Ride was like the monopoly of the 2000s. Um, and it has sold millions of copies now. I mean, it's obviously not as big as Monopoly and never will be, but yeah, you actually can find it at Walmart, at least last time I looked. Um, and I know the Target has it. So it's Barnes & Noble is a decent place to get board games. So it's, it's starting to show up at places. And that game, um, it was brand new at the time. I think it's probably close to 20 years old now. But it just showed me that games have changed. Um, and yeah, from then on, from there on, I pretty much uh, just tried everything I could get my hands on. That's why I have uh, literally two walls full of board games. Because <laughs> when I first started... I mean, I was, first of all, I was a single guy, you know, a, you know, eventually had a job, you know, after college and disposable had, dis had disposable income. And, you know, instead of going out, you know, trying to, to find a lady or have, you know, throw parties, you know, I was buying board games to play with my brother and my cousin and friends. <laughs> That's just kind of how I was. So I ended up with, honestly, way too many games way too quick. And I wasn't very picky at first. I just, anything that sounded cool, I, I couldn't get enough. Um, you know, I, when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, which would have been around that same time, honestly, I, I, I found several different Lord of the Rings board games um, that were, like, really good. You know, and I grew up thinking that licensed games weren't any good. But I found some that were. And uh, most of these games at the time were coming out of Germany, like, for some reason, board games had a renaissance in Germany and just really smart, intelligent designs. You know, these games had designers' names right on the box and the artist's name right on the box. You know, Hasbro didn't do that. They no. weren't that proud of the, the designs to do that, you know. <laughs> um, so I realized this is just like the movies or the video games or the books that I love. There are people who make these games and put passion behind them. They hire artists to do real art they take it seriously, you know, you know, some of these rule books take some patience to read through, but it's, I just became obsessed with it. Um, I think for me, it was, and I'll, I'll kind of stop with this part with this, but just, I think what cooked me, it was 50%, honestly, just fascination with the design, like the cleverness of the designs, the actual board. I love looking at the board, looking at the arts, the little pieces that come with the games, that kind of stuff fascinates me because I'm a nerd. But also, it's something I could do with other people. And it's like we really spent time together, you know. Like, watching a movie is fun, but you could really do that alone just as well. I mean, it's better with people. But this is something that required other people. And even if you're, you know, have social anxiety, you know, I've never been good about kind of small talk and stuff. But I could play a game with somebody else who also wants to play the game and have a great time for an hour. And it's like the hour just flies by. So, yeah, it was a mix of just loving the designs themselves and loving that I found something that I could do with other people that I genuinely enjoyed and was not stressed out about or, you know. And it's a relatively cheap hobby, too, if you don't go yeah. crazy. It's not cheap if you, you know, buy 600 games. But, of course, that is over 20 years, but still. <laughs> but, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's kind of just an ongoing thing now, you know. Um, but... Yeah, it all started just out of boredom, hanging out at my grandma's house as a probably 16, 17-year-old who uh, wanted something to do with my cousin and uh, 
yeah, I was kind of tired of the old crappy games we had. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed them a lot as a kid because we grew up in definitely the area era where multiplayer meant two player. So this was, and growing up, my dad had a friend and he had two sons around the same age as my brother and I. So we do a lot of sleepovers. So now there's four of us. But there's only two controllers on the Nintendo, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nintendo or Sega Genesis. So how do you keep, you know, four people playing that? And then my brother was older than me and my friend, he had the older brother as well. So they would always hog it. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't even have to say I'm the younger brother. I think I just have to say I was always Luigi. And I think people, a lot of people from, yeah. my, from my time would yeah. automatically know what that means. But, if you're Luigi or Tails, you're the younger brother. Yes. I, I taught my boys that, too, when it came to video games, when they started <laughs> playing. Because my youngest son was like, I want to be first player. I'm like, video game rules, man. Their <laughs> oldest kid always gets player one. It's just it's just the unwritten rule. That's how it is. But he, he would buy board games as well. Uh, kind of like that, just to keep all of us entertained and everybody be able to play. And I mentioned the the Return of the Jedi game, but the one that was also awesome, and you talk about a really cool like board and figures, was this Uncanny X-Men adventure game. I cannot tell you how it was played, but if you look at these pieces, they're so... They're pretty detailed for what they are, and like, there's probably like 20-something guys in there. Like, there was Archangel, Banshee, Beat, Cable, Colossus, Cyclops. But they actually look like the character. So you could pick out each one, and that was, like, the board game that we all played because we were all kind of comic book nerds. And it was also around the time that X-Men was huge on TV. But other than that, like, board game for me for growing up was... It was always the family thing. I remember my mom playing, what is that? Trivial Pursuit Bible Edition for years. I thought that was the, <laughs> I thought that was the only edition of Trivial Pursuit <laughs> was Bible Edition. So that was always fun to like, I would sit in there and watch her play that. But it was mostly Trivial Pursuit, uh, Monopoly. I remember when my dad was marrying my stepmom, we stayed at my Papa Joe's house in the basement. And instead of playing video games, kind of like what you were saying with your cousins, we all the cousins were around this table playing Monopoly, like it was playing poker. And we were going, and, you know, we would get eliminated one by one by one, but we would sit there and this, you know, just a light, one light over the table. And we would sit there, we played Monopoly for hours. I think that's probably the most standby one. But my favorite game growing up was this game called Pizza Party. And I got it probably when I was five or six. And all it was, was you had a slice of pizza. And then in the other box, you mixed up all this stuff or like all the other pieces. And then you would flip them over and you would have to find like, say you grab the mushroom, you put the mushroom on your pizza. Now you have to find all the other mushrooms to go on your pizza before you can say the game is over. But we, but that's all like pretty much standard games. Uno, Phase 10. Uh, we don't play Phase 10 in my house anymore. 
<laughs> I have a very funny story about this. Good thing my wife doesn't listen to my podcast. Uh, my friend and I, my friend was over. I think my kids were probably at my in-laws or something. And my friend was over and my wife was like, hey, do you guys want to play phase 10? And we're like, yeah, whatever, we'll play it. So she's telling us how to play it. And we're going through each one of the phases like it's nothing. We're like, okay. And she's getting left behind. And she'll <laughs> tell you that she's not competitive, but we had pizza and wings. And then at one point we were like, oh, look, we're like on phase four. And she got really mad and like whipped the chicken wing bone across the room. <laughs> it's like, I'm done with this. I'm not playing this anymore. You guys are cheating. And we're like, no, we don't even know how to, we just started playing. But those were pretty much the board games that I played, Hungry Hungry Hippos, but. Oh, yeah. So you mentioned the X-Men game. Yeah. And I just had to refresh my memory. I was on one of Matt Johnson's early episodes of the Eat Sleep list. Mm -hmm. And he had me list my 10 favorite board games. And he brought up that he had the X-Men game. Ooh. And ever since then, I've really wanted to play that. It legitimately looks really cool. It, it's um, I can yeah. tell you how to play it, but we would play this game for hours. I think my dad picked it up at like some like odds and ends store when it kind of came out, and then the same thing with that Return of the Jedi game, and those were like the two games that we constantly played because it's Star Wars and X Men. Why would you not want to play that? Yeah, exactly. But the X Men game looks. I mean that there were good games back then that kind of get overlooked now, but that X-Men game looks just super cool. The pizza game you were mentioning, uh, I've never even seen that. I heard of that, but honestly, that's that kind of thing intrigues me now. Just these games that kids were playing in the eighties. And I don't know, like they're just almost forgotten. I think, it was, but, uh, I think it was yeah. more educational. That was a, that was a simple way of a memory game other than. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Don't step on the poop. We didn't have the right. We had we had shoots and ladders and candy land where we had to learn colors. Yeah. It, it was it's, not. <laughs> I guess not catching poop is a good life lesson, but I feel like that you know, there's better ways to teach it. <laughs> I, I played for plunk about two years ago and I forgot about how much fun that is. But that's another game that's kind of hard to find. And it's what so is it? Per plunk? I don't know. It's oh yeah, six in there, and then you fill it up with marbles, <laughs> and you just remove one at a time. It's kind of like Jenga. Yeah, but it's a little bit more contained. And that's I remember when Jenga came out. I thought that was absolutely amazing. The don't break the ice, per plunk, yeah. and don't spill the beans. Don't hooties. I, yeah, yeah, that those all those games you just mentioned, I think, are ones that for some reason my grandma had at her house, but none of them were complete. Like they were all secondhand copies. So we never really got to play any of them, but they're all there. And yeah, like I remember Kerplunk kind of intrigued me, but I don't think there was even I can't remember what was missing. I don't think there's even enough sticks to do it right. But oh. the and of course Mousetrap, we had that there, but we ne really? literally never played the game. I was gonna say <laughs> who who played Mousetrap? I, yeah, exactly. I bought that for my kids, and all we did was pretty much set it up uh, and do the device, and then we were like, "Okay, we're gonna play the game." Uh, no, let's do let's do the mouse trap part again, and it goes <laughs> all the way down. I do my 
my younger son for Christmas did get when they remade the uh, Death Star game for Star Wars, and you got the little grandma of Tarkenton toy in there. I played that. That's oh, yeah. a pretty interesting game to play. But once again, that's it's a remake of an older game, and they're not. I don't know. Seems like they'd rather just shift everything to video games, or like you said, Hasbro is like, just throw something at them, and we'll figure it out. Because yeah, I feel I feel like if they remade that X Men game and it became a little bit cheaper and a little bit easier for people to find, or even just to buy in the store, it would be amazing. I don't know who. I think Mattel owns the license on Marvel, but well, yeah, there's anytime you involve licenses is a mess. Yeah. The, there's a Star Wars game, Queen's Gambit. That's, uh, I guess it was based on episode one, but it came out, you know, when episode one came out and to this day, people say it's a great game, but it's just, it's probably never going to get remade because whoever owns the Star Wars license now is not doing it. And so, yeah, it's just kind of a mess. But to go back to the pizza game you mentioned, if, Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a pizza themed game that might, you know, might appeal to your kids more now, uh, there's one I have called New York Slice and it's really cool because like the game you're talking about, I was just looking at pictures of, of the pizza party. It really looks like a pizza. This one does. Uh, you have the cards are shaped like pizza slices um, and it comes in what looks like a pizza box. Right. But basically you're throwing all these pizzas out there with crazy toppings and you're drafting, you know, kind of like a, I mean, I never really played Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, but kind of like in a card draft, you know, or sports draft, I guess I could not be a total nerd. But you're drafting your favorite pieces of pizza, basically. But you're, there's strategy to it, too. But anyways, that might be one to check out. <laughs> might bring back memories of the pizza game. Uh, New York Slice is what it's called. I'll have to write it down right now. It's got, probably, you know, ages 10 and up or so. I got one from our, from our generation that I think was, like, the cool game. But I don't know too many people that had it was Fireball Island. Oh that? yeah, <laughs> I, I never, I never played it growing up, but I remember the commercials were just like amazing. Um, but I actually got uh, there's a new version of it, um, and this is one of those things I probably shouldn't have bought because it was fairly expensive. But uh, there's this company that does go back and remake games, and they make it sort of like it's as good as you remember it. So it's actually way better than it used to be. And so they made it a much more involved game. It's still, you know, for kids and families, but there's more going on now. But it still has that 3D island with marbles and everything. Uh, it's actually really cool. That that might be one to check out. I don't. It's probably not cheap. Um, but I actually saw it at Barnes and Noble, which is surprising. But it's still called Fireball Island. Uh, but it's it's a new it's a new version, and it's actually, um, yeah. There's actually quite a bit more going on than there was in the original one, but it's. So I played that, but no, I didn't ever play it growing up. I just yeah. saw all the commercials and loved them. I never, I never played it either. The same thing, like what I said with Crossfire. It was one of those. It was one of those cool, <laughs> like games where you're like, "Wow, this is so awesome!" And then all of a sudden, it was like it, it, it never, it never came to be at Christmas or birthday time. But it was always something. If I. I think I might have known one person that had Fireball Island, but we never played it, which was kind of, which was kind of upsetting to me as well. But I always, the commercial was so awesome; it made you want to play it. But 
but I finally got to play it. My cousin had it. I had well, the same cousin I mentioned earlier. He had everything. Like he was an only child and uh, his parents just bought him everything. You know, we're used to getting everything secondhand. So to us, he was just swimming in riches. But he had Crossfire. And I remember when I finally played it, it was fun. But I couldn't help but think, man, this really isn't like the commercial. <laughs> like it's kind of slow paced. It's not, it was still fun, but it was, uh, it was one of those, I think maybe the first times in life I realized that TV's not always telling the truth. <laughs> you know, like as I got older, Hungry Hungry Hippos was just no longer 100% appealing to me. Yeah. Just because of the way that you just pretty much slammed everything and broke everything as well. But I just, this is one of those things, like when we talk about high scores, it's just not not that big of a thing anymore. And it's kind of, I don't know, to me, for children-wise, to be able to find it, I know I could find some great games for, like, my wife and I and then my daughter, who's, I think, well, I'd see this is where I can't remember kids' ages or anything. <laughs> She's 14. <laughs> She's 14. So, I mean, that's a different dynamic, but once again, I want all five of us to play instead of, right. just, instead of just three or, you know, it doesn't appeal to my daughter because it's a little bit, it's a, you know, it's not as, it's a dumbered down version because it's more of a kid's game. Right. <laughs> How old is your youngest? Did you say nine? Nine. I mean, I know this isn't a recommendation podcast, but I'm just going to make a blind recommendation because I think it's safe. And I would recommend it if, if uh, anybody's listening to this and wants to know what a person with over 600 board games would recommend. <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong with Ticket to Ride. Just the original one that's on the United States map. It plays two to five players. And with five players, it's tight. You're going to be blocking each other and, and probably getting mad at each other. Oh, but I do think, at least within the next year or so, your nine-year-old would be ready for it. I mean, it's it's a lot like uh, it, it has card playing, so it kind of reminds you of the classic games you used to play, sort of like Rummy. You're basically just collecting these colored train cards, and like say you get four blue, then you can lay down on a path that's four blue long. And you're trying to get – you've got these secret destinations you're trying to get to, you know, like you might be trying to get New York to Miami. And so people might block you without even knowing that's what you're trying to do. Um, but it's just – and, you know, it helps teach geography. I mean, I've learned where a lot of American cities are because of it. Um, it's just a really fun game that works great with two, uh, three, four, and all the way up to five. Uh, takes about, with two players, it takes like 30 minutes to play. With four or five players, you're probably looking at a good hour. But, you know, Monopoly takes longer than that. And, you know, people used to play that all the time. Um, Did anybody yeah. actually finish a game of Monopoly? I, I honestly never did. <laughs> you know, I call myself a gamer, but I don't think I ever finished a game of actual Monopoly. That's one of those, that's like the two things of board games that you got to ask yourself a question. Did anybody really play Mousetrap? And did exactly. anybody actually finish a game of Monopoly? <laughs> I was going to say I've never finished a game of Risk either, but I picked up a Lord of the Rings Risk from a thrift store. And that is actually a really fun version of Risk. And I actually did play one game of that all the way through with, with some guys, and that was a great time. I could see, but yeah, I could see that being more entertaining than regular Risk because I've always wanted to play Risk, but I don't think I could ever find anybody to play Risk. It, it was, is, yeah. 
it's it takes a long time for what it is but yeah at least lord of the rings risk has got a theme i love so that helps yeah i would imagine i completely forgot what i was gonna i was gonna ask you another question uh Oh, that's what I wanted to get at. Sorry, was it a question? So you mentioned Hasbro ruining board games. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this or experienced this. I just recently bought Clue because it's another one of those kind of easy, kind of going games yeah. to explain. Uh, my nine-year-old watched us play it a couple of times before he got into got into playing it, and we noticed that Hasbro made a big mistake. And I thought maybe it was just my version, but it looks like it's on everybody's version. There is no card for the hallway, but there's a card for the bathroom in there. So I don't know why that's like that, but Hasbro definitely was like, we're just going to throw this out here. See, like, there's a good example. I think Clue is a good game, and Hasbro should be... I think they should be making new games and not just releasing the classics, but Clue's a game that I think it's perfectly fine to keep re-releasing it. But, like, I don't know. The last time I bought a copy of uh, Clue, because I actually have good memories of Clue and actually bought a copy, I'm like, man, the quality is just not good now. Um, and Monopoly, too, like, come on, just... I mean, they'll, they'll release a deluxe edition occasionally, but their Hasbro's idea of a deluxe edition is still not really as nice as like ticket to ride that i mentioned to you like everything is just such high quality in that game which i know is the price point you know people want to buy a game for cheap but yeah i don't know i i yeah i don't mean to beat up on hasbro but i guess i kind of do just beat up on you know, they're it, it's a it's a hobby i absolutely love and hasbro you know as, as much as i love these hobby games hasbro is probably bigger than all of them combined as far as money and so they really are kind of the gatekeeper and they could they could kind of change things and turn things around in this country. Because like I said, in Germany and France and a, a lot of European countries, especially, it seems like these board games I've been talking about are kind of just, they're the norm. You know, that's that, that's what people play. At least that's the understanding I have of it. Yeah. But I think Hasbro kind of needs to up their game to kind of change minds in America that board games aren't just disposable junk. <laughs> you know that you can have a game on your shelf and 20 years from now your kids might you know still play it you know but i don't know you yeah think, you think about any toy company pretty much from the 80s early 90s hasbro owns them now like they yeah them out. kenner tonka that's all hasbro wow well they'll re-release things but it's still just it's still hasbro like i my son's into ghostbusters so we we kind of collect the original kenner the original kenner That's one cool. and but they say kenner on there but you still know it's hasbro i i had a yeah. because i could see how much things changed is uh but i'm the the pop it's like this little thing it pops you just pull it back and it'll shoot out like this little foam thing. And I'm looking at the box. I kind of, you know, like your son with the Gandalf duck that you did where he, you bought it for him, but it was a little bit more for you. Yeah. <laughs> that's what this pop, that's what this pop gun was for me. Oh yeah. 
uh, I kind of kind of coaxed him into it. I was like, hey, look at that over there. <laughs> Don't you like that? He's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, look at that. It, it fires out these little things. He's like, okay, I guess I'll get it. I was like, yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking Smart. at the box. And I'm looking at the box. I'm the one holding it in the store. Like, it's for me, too. That was the other sad thing. And I noticed the kid on there has safety goggles. And I don't remember ever as a child anything that shot anything or that shot stuff out had, no. had wearing safety <laughs> yeah. goggles. And I'm just thinking, that's no, it's come, safety has come a pretty far, far, far way along there. Well, were you going to? No, yeah, I just, I think Lego's the only toy company that gives Hasbro a run for their money now, um, mm -hmm. but they kind of do a totally different thing, so I don't think it makes Hasbro up their game. They need some real competition in the board game market. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're just happy to keep putting out Fortnite Monopoly and and $10 copies of Clue instead of, you know, upping the quality or maybe, I don't know. They have done new things occasionally. Uh, there's a, you know, the game Sorry. There was a version of that called Sorry Sliders. It seems like it was clearance everywhere. You might have seen it like at Walmart. Yeah, It's been a good few years back. That is a fun game. It's a, it's a flicking game. You're flicking the Sorry Pawn. It has a little metal ball bearing in the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. And you're flicking it. It's kind of like shuffleboard or something. You're trying to land in targets. It's It really has nothing to do with Sorry, but that was a cool game and a cool idea. So I go, I'll give Hasbro a little credit there, but for the most part, they just play it so safe. And like, I don't really buy a lot of besides Lego. I don't really buy a lot of toys, so I can't speak to that. But on the board game side of things, um, they just play it so safe and just, yeah, it's definitely all about the profit. Give it a couple of years. Give it a couple. Of yeah. Years. Give it. A, you got. You have a little one. Give it a couple of years. Believe me, I. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> I. I have a very small toy collection. I have like a, a, a remake of He-Man, a remake Skeletor, Cobra His Tank that once again my son needed, but I think I needed it more. And then <laughs> I, I like the, the remake Hasbro gets me with the G1 remakes of the, the Transformers. And then I found a, a Masters of the Universe buzz off at a toy store for $10. So I had to pick that up. Nice. But thank you for coming on the show and discussing board games, board games with me. And do you want to tell the listeners about your shows? Yeah, I'll, I'll show really quick. Retro Blist is the show I've been doing the longest. It's retro video games with I do it with Johnny. Uh, we do really stupid stuff. The most recent episode we uh we reviewed Donkey Kong Country 3, then we ate a bunch of gross foods and actually almost threw up on the air. So that's what you can expect there. Um, block set review is just, I review Lego sets because that's, you know, I'm a nerd. And then Cardboard Cave, if you're curious about some games, um, I've not released a lot of episodes yet, but Cardboard Cave is where I go deep into some board games that are very far into the uh, nerd territory, not not the kind of stuff you find at Walmart, but yeah, check it out if any of that interests you. Thank you once again, and everybody, make sure you check out new episodes of Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? Every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network. 
Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and bonus episodes every Friday at 7 p.m. on Helium Radio Network. And check out the Let's Talk But No Politics OK Facebook page and also the Retro Bliss Facebook page to see what Johnny and Trevor are up to. And the Let's Talk But No Politics OK YouTube page for fun hearing videos on 80s movies, 80s toys lines, cartoons, and some retro gameplay, which I try my best. So come and watch me fail if you want to do that and we'll go that route and be shocked at where my video game skills are and with that being said good morning good afternoon and good night come on get in here we got to call this thing tighten up come here all right guys here's the situation two minutes left zero timeouts down by a touchdown, we got to drive 75 yards. All right, we can do this thing. I believe in each and every one of you. But real quick, did you guys know that the Two Point Conversation podcast runs five days a week, Monday through Friday, with various co-hosts and different themes every day? And then you can listen to them on BICBP-radio.com, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? So what's the play? Just, all right, just... Come on, hurry up. Get to the line and just run, and I will get it to somebody. All right? Come on. On three. Ready. Set. Mother. Delay of game. Offense.